You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. Susan Casey's new book is Voices in the Ocean, A Journey into the Wild and Haunting World of Dolphins. Thank you for joining me, Susan. What brought you to write this book? What personal moment took you into this communal world of dolphins? It was an unscripted moment with wild dolphins that profoundly changed my life. And although it was only 10 minutes long, it was extraordinary enough and it, it it left a lingering, it lingered enough that I became incredibly curious to know more about these animals. When One of the most interesting people you talk to is, is a current-day dolphin neuroscientist named Lori Marino. Where is she studying, which is not counterintuitive, and what is she, has she discovered about the dolphin's brain? Lori uh, Marino was a neuroscientist at Emory University until very recently when she left to um, establish the Camilla Center for Animal Advocacy in Utah. She is a fascinating woman. She has, unlike a lot of her peers, decided to focus on the different, a far more ancient architecture of the cetacean brain, which is dolphins and whales. Now, how, what's the difference? How many years, millions of years, is there between theirs and ours? Uh, well, the dolphins developed their big brains. Their brains uh, grew. And the brain that we see now that's a very oversized brain with lots of convolutions and very sophisticated was about 35 million years ago they evolved that, as opposed to our brain expansion, which occurred between 800,000 and 200,000 years ago. Wow. That that gives them a, a big advantage. And what is it about their brain that's different from theirs, between theirs and ours? They have a different kind of lots of things. The short answer to that is lots of things. Um, they are. This is an example of convergent evolution where they took a completely different path to high intelligence than we did that was uh, basically directed by the fact that they were evolving in the ocean. They We don't understand exactly why, but they have a different structured neurocortex than we do. They have different wiring that is faster in a lot of places than ours. They can integrate sound and vision. Uh, th- those two areas are right next to each other as opposed to you know, the information sensory input that we get goes for a bit of a ride. In dolphins, you know, if you were developing a high-speed computer, you'd use the dolphin's design because they're they're much closer together. Uh, they have a limbic system that's far more elaborated than ours and has blurped out an extra lobe in the paralimbic region that shows there's a, a very sophisticated emotional life in, in dolphins, Now, and, among other things. <laughs> dolphins also have an amazing ability to heal. What is it and how does that work and what's the latest science on that? Well, nobody knows how it works, but it is an amazing ability. Um, if you, if a dolphin is really injured badly, like a shark takes a big chunk of flesh out of its side, say the size of a football, you know, that could kill, theoretically, that should be able to, enough to kill an animal. I mean, it would hurt like hell. It would get infected from all the viruses and bacteria. You know, the ocean is a soup of viruses and bacteria. Um, and it would bleed. It would, uh, it would it would be in 
very problematic to heal that much tissue back, especially if it was near the internal organs. But that isn't what happens. With dolphins, what happens is the animal doesn't appear to be in any pain. There is no hemorrhaging. Uh, the, the tissue regenerates itself with no deformity, no scarring, uh, and no infection. So this has really caught science, scientists' attention because it's more like regeneration than repair. Uh, and the the idea is, and the you know the thing that they would like to spend more time finding out is how are they doing this? They believe that there's possibility that they have a natural morphine within their own body that they can access, that they can generate their own stem cells for the various body parts that need them, and that they may be extracting antimicrobials or antibiotics from ocean plants and storing those things in their body to release as needed. And it all seems very, you know, science fiction, but there are a lot of other things that dolphins can do that with their bodies that are quite advanced. And I don't think we even really understand uh, much about any of this. So who knows what they can do? Well, one of the things that you write about is what they can do with sound. We're all familiar with the sounds that Flipper makes, but that's just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. Dolphin sonar is so incredibly refined. I mean, it is a, a click stream that they make through passages near their blowhole. These streams are focused through a, a sort of a fatty lens in their forehead called the melon. And they can send out these clicks in a stream up to 2,000 clicks per second. The, the more clicks per second, the higher the frequency and the more detailed the ultrasound picture will be. Um, and then the echoes come back and are received through the dolphin's jaws, which are also lined with a kind of fatty material that conducts sound up into the brain. So this is a really advanced system. But the really amazing part about the clicks is that in those 2,000 clicks per second, the dolphin can aim and adjust the frequency of each click individually. My God. And also send out two simultaneous 2,000 a second click beams in different directions aiming and adjusting the frequency of each click individually. And dolphins can eavesdrop on another dolphin's click stream. So they could potentially be looking at a picture language, you know, because that's, of course, an ultrasound image in three dimensions. They could be eavesdropping on each other in a in a sort of a way that they're communicating in images. We don't understand this, and I'm probably doing a bad job of explaining it, but it's it's pretty extraordinary means of communication. No, I mean, it's, it makes me just think of high-speed computer communication. It's bits per second. I mean, that's a, that's a huge amount of data they're yeah. spewing out and getting back and able to decode and deal with. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are, um, one of the scientists told me, their auditory fiber tract, track, which is, you know, basically bandwidth of how this information comes in is just incredibly oversized. And then, of course, as I said, when it comes in, it's processed in a very different way. They don't have a layer four in their neocortex, which is where in primate brains, information comes in and gets processed. So where is the information coming in and how is it getting processed? That's the big question. They, they're just missing a layer four. Uh, and the indication is that they have a completely different way of dealing with the sensory input. I've been speaking with Susan Casey. Her new book is Voices in the Ocean, A Journey into the Wild and Haunting World of Dolphins. Thank you for joining me, Susan. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. 
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.